Pastor Xavier Reese says there's no alternate route for the narrow way that leads to life. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about being transformed from day to day, from glory to glory, abiding in Christ Jesus, living out the Word of God, asking God for forgiveness to get right as you are on the straight and narrow. But if you're on the broad way, you're on your way to hell. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The last verse of Judges chapter 19 reads, No such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, confer, and speak up. So what was this atrocious deed that stirred such a reaction? Well, coming up, we'll hear the sordid tale of rape and murder involving a Levite and his wayward concubine that once again is the result of a period of time described as everyone doing what was right in his own eyes. Pastor Xavier continues our Simple Truth series of the Book of Judges in chapter 19 today with a study aptly titled, Immorality Equates a Dangerous Society. Let's listen. The last five chapters of the book of Judges are considered to be an appendix book as to the book of Judges, as you know, revealing the general degeneracy that existed during the entire time of the book of Judges. As we have seen, even as Jephthah uh, offered up his daughter in a vow with a burnt offering, this is the type of period that we're talking about. So these last five chapters, uh, 17 to 21, are not in a chronological order. They just give you the, the atmosphere of the whole period of 305 years. Why? Because people got away from the Word of God. People began to live the way they want to and still call themselves the people of God. It happens real fast. It happens real subtle, ladies and gentlemen. Chapter 17 through 21 are not in chronological orders, the general tenor of the period. 17 to 18 reveal the spiritual and political corruption and confusion of the day. In chapter 18, the account of the tribe of Dan from Zora and Eshtol, they spat out the land up north. They, they never took their, all their possession in the first opening chapters of the settling of the land by Joshua. And then in the book of Judges, they allowed the Philistines to pressure them, the Amorites, and now they're looking for a new land up north in Laish. And as they migrate up north and they see the good land, they come back with the good report. 600 men and their families take up north and they take Micah, his priests, as idols, and they go to Laish, they wipe everybody out, and they set up an idolatrous worship that would bite them again later on when the kingdom is divided through Rehoboam and Jeroboam, the northern kingdom of idolatry, Dan and Bethel, the worship of the cow. Who are these people? The people of God. Chapter 19 to 21 reveals the moral degeneracy from the priesthood to the common person that almost annihilates the tribe of Benjamin. In 19, the account involves around the Levi whose concubine commits adultery on him and, and then he seeks her out and she is violated by a uh, group of homosexuals and, and left for dead. We're going to see that. In 20, all of Israel gathers together to avenge this horrible sin of Gibeah nearly wiping out the tribe of Benjamin. And in 21, they give the solution as they, uh, they want to save this tribe uh, from being eradicated. And so what we want to focus on in chapter 19, verse uh, 1 through 28, the account of the Levite with his concubine who suffered a brutal death at Gibeah 
and it unfolds for us in three movements. Let me read verse 1 through 28, 19. And it came to pass in those days that there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite staying in the remote mountains of Ephraim. He took for himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah, but his concubine played the harlot against him and went away from him uh, to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah and was there for four whole months. And then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back, having um, his servant and a couple of donkeys with him. So she brought him into her father's house, and when the father of the young woman saw him, he was uh, glad to meet him. Now, his father-in-law, the uh, young woman's father, detained him, and he stayed with him and lodged three days. So they ate, they drank, and, and they lodged there. And then it came to pass on the fourth day that they arose early in the morning, and he stood to depart. But the young woman's father said to his son-in-law, Refresh your heart with a morsel of bread, and afterwards go your way. So they sat down, and the two of them, they ate and they drank together. And then the young woman's father said to the man, Please be content to stay all night, and let your heart be merry. And when the man stood to depart, his father-in-law urged him. So he lodged there again. And then he arose early in the morning and on the fifth day to depart. But the young woman's father said, Please refresh yourself. So they delayed until afternoon, and both of them ate. And when the man stood to depart, he and his concubine and his servants, his father-in-law, the young woman, the woman's father, said to him, Look, the day is now dawning towards evening. Please spend the night. See, the day is coming to an end. Lodge here that your heart may be merry. Tomorrow go your way early so that you may get home. However, the man was not willing to spend that night. And so he arose, he departed, he came to opposite of Jebus, that is Jerusalem, with him were the two saddled donkeys. His concubine was also with him. And they were near Jebus, and the days was far spent, and the servant said to his master, Come, please, and let us turn inside the city of the Jebusites and lodge in it. But the master said to him, We will not turn aside here into the city of the foreigners uh, who are not of the children of Israel. We will go on to Gibeah. And so he said to his servant, Come, let us draw near to one of the other places. And he spent night in Gibeah or in Ramah. And they passed by. They went their way, and the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belonged to Benjamin. And they turned aside there to go in and lodge Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat down in the open square of the city. But for no one would take them into the house to spend the night. Just then an old man came and from the work of the field at evening, who also was from the mountains of Ephraim, for um, he was staying in Gibeah, whereas the men of the place were Benjamites. And when he raised his eyes, he saw the traveler in the open square of the city, and the old man said, Where are you going, and where do you come from? And he said to him, We are passing from Bethlehem in Judah towards the remote mountains of Ephraim. I am from there. And I went to Bethlehem in Judah. Now I am going to the house of the Lord, but there is no one who will take me into the house. Although we have both straw and fodder for our donkeys and the uh, bread and wine for myself and for my female servant and for the young man who is with your servant, there is no uh, lack of anything. And the old man said, Please, Peace be upon you. 
However, let all your needs be my responsibility. Only do not spend the night in the open square. And so he brought them into his house and gave fodder and donkey. And they washed their feet and ate and drank. And, and they were enjoying themselves. Suddenly certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. And they spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring out this, the man who came into your house that we may know him carnally. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly, seeing this man has come into my house. Do not commit this outrage. Look, here's my virgin daughter, and this man's concubine. Let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please, but to this man do not do such a vile thing. But the men would not heed him. So the men took the concubine uh, and brought her out to them, and they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. And then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was till it was light. And when her master arose in the morning and opened the door at the house, he went out to go his way. And there was a concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And he said to her, Get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. So the man lifted her unto the donkey, and the man got up and went his way. The account of the Levite and his concubine who suffered this brutal death by Gibeah, unfolds for us in three movements. First, we have the Levite reconciled to his unfaithful concubine in verse 1 through 9. Secondly, the Levite departed home with his concubine in verses 10 through 21. And then thirdly, the Levite participated in the abusive murder of his concubine. Let's begin here with the Levite being reconciled to his unfaithful concubine. Verse 1 and 2, notice the general information regarding the Levite and his concubine is given to us. The period of the time was the time of the judges, and it came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel, no authority, no headship, no leadership. That's always bad. When men are not heads of their home, when pastors are not leaders, when politicians are not leaders, the nation, the people suffer, whatever it may be. This is the key verse describing the period of Judges, 17, 6, 18, 1, 19, 1, 21, 25. No king on the throne of Israel. The second one describes the level of morality or relativism, immorality, amorality. It is this, every man was doing that which was right in their own eyes. Judges 17, 6, 21, 5. Now, 13 Judges. Twelve have already taken place. Samson's the twelve. The thirteenth is Samuel. Samuel's being raised up right now at Shiloh. Eli is the priest. He's corrupt by not correcting his children. Hophni and Phineas, they're stealing from the people. They're laying with the women in the tabernacle. That's what's going on at this period of time, okay? In chronology. This chapters describe the total tenor. We've seen Jephthah offering his daughter through a vow, a burnt offering. This is the period that they're living in. The time was one of spiritual and political corruption and confusion. What a parallel to our nation. The Levites resided in the remote mountain of Ephraim, notice, north of Jerusalem, about 25 miles or so. And the Levite took for himself a concubine 
from Bethlehem, it tells us in verse 1, in Judah, the sons of Aaron, as you know, they were commanded to marry virgins of their own people. Here you have a priest, a priest who is a go-between God and man, who's doing the work of God, and yet he's living a debauched life. No godly principles at all. And yet he declares to know God. How, how much is like the, in the church today? People call themselves Christians. They're living with their boyfriend, girlfriend. They're getting drunk. They're doing different things. If this is you, please open your heart to the Lord. He wants to transform you. He wants you to get right. He wants you to know how to live with him and through him. And that you don't deceive yourself like much of the churches today. The priesthood had become corrupt. We already saw in chapter 17 and 18 that Micah stole his, his mother's gold and then she makes an idol for him. Then he sets up a shrine. Who are these people? The people of God. A concubine was distinct from a wife, as you know. The concubine had legal obligations, but not as a wife. She was kind of second rate. And at times she could raise up children if the first wife could not, the legitimate wife couldn't bear children like Sarah and Hagar. And they would become the children of Sarah, as Ishmael, uh, was hers and was booted out. But Isaac was a child from God. Okay? God's plan came to pass, not Abraham and Sarah's. Now, in verse 2, the Levite was tolerating marital unfaithfulness to an extent. Her sin, she played the harlot against him. Her flight is to her father's house in Bethlehem, and the duration is for four months. He's kind of just kicking it. You know, it's just no urgency. There's no urgency in this matter. It's just life as usual. Jesus says they'll be drinking and giving in marriage and fornicating and doing what they want, like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah before the days of the Lord. We see this today. Even the church is going with the political correctness, with the corruptness of the world, with the amoral standard to not to offend anybody. Listen, some of you need to be offended by the word of God. That you know that you're in darkness, that you need to repent from your sin, that God wants to save you and, and, and clean you up and do for you what you cannot do for yourself by the grace of God. Look at three and four. The specific information as to the Levites to pursue his concubine is given. The intent of the Levi was to be reconciled. Not, it, it sounds so good, so sanitized. He took the initiative. Great. Then her husband arose, went to her. Spoke kindly to her to bring her back, having a servant, a couple of donkeys with him. She responds to his kindness in verse 3 also. She brought him into her father's house. There's no offense. There's no nothing. It's just like, like if they're happily married. No judgments are being made. There's no standard here. Her father was glad. And the father saw the young man saw him. He was glad to meet. Hey, how you doing? Verse 4, the father was very hospitable. Told him to make himself at home, to detain him. They enjoyed each other's company. He stayed with them three days, so they ate, they drank, they lodged there. This is what this priest does. There's no holiness, there's no talk of God, except one time he mentioned it. What an abomination that is, living the way he's living, and yet he says he's affiliated with the Lord? Wow. Look at 5 through 10a. The attempt by the father to delay his daughter from leaving is given to us. In verse 5, the father offered the Levite to stay longer. The two were going to get up early and get started before the sun would come up. They could travel far and long. Then it came to pass on the fourth day that they arose early in the morning and he stood to depart. And the two were enticed to stay. But the young woman's father said, 
to his uh, son-in-law, refresh your heart with the morsel of bread and afterwards go your way. The Levi accepts the offer, verse 6 and 7. This guy doesn't have to be pushed far. He's just in the comfort. Ah, let's drink. Let's guzzle a couple of chubbies and, you know, let's eat some Popeye chicken and let's drink some Coronas. You know what I mean? Wow. The Levi and father-in-law here began to drink. They sat down, the two of them ate and drank. They do a lot of this in this, the narrative here. The father-in-law attempted to persuade the Levite to remain till morning again. In verse 6 at the end there, then the young uh, woman's father said to the man, please be content to stay all night and let your heart be merry. The father-in-law pressed and convinced the Levite to spend the night again. In 7, when the man stood to depart, he's ready to leave. His father-in-law urged him, so he lodged there again. And eight, the father-in-law on the next day again convinces the Levite to remain till afternoon. There's no seriousness to the, what's the, the crime that's taken place, the sin against him. There's no seriousness neither by the Levite nor the father. Nor, the woman's not even her. She never speaks. The Levite was about to leave in eight. He rose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart, and the father-in-law was insistent again. But the young woman's father said, please refresh your heart. They gave in again, notice. So they delayed until the afternoon, and both of them, what they do? They ate. That's all they did. You realize how many people, that's all their life involves? They just eat and drink and be merry. There is no concept of God. There is no belief in God. There is no belief in anything but self. This entitled mentality that has just pulled down our nation is the same kind of environment that was going on here in the book of Judges. The father-in-law attempts to convince the Levite to stay once more, but this time without success. Verse 9 and the first part of 10 and nine, the father-in-law uses the closing of the day as his excuse this time when the man stood to depart. And his concubine, and his servant, his father-in-law, the young man's father, said to him, Look, the day is now drawing towards evening. Please spend the night. See, the day is coming to an end. Lodge here that your heart may be merry. The Levite refused this time. However, the man was not willing to spend that night. The entire interaction, if you will, was so unnatural in the backdrop of what had taken place in view of the sin of adultery, which was punishable by death under the law. No one's following the law. No one's doing what they're supposed to. No one's living the way they're supposed to. But they're still saying they're the people of God. What a picture of today's church through the seeker-friendly movement, the emergent church and people are going after it. You check everything by the word of God. The, the, the nation has been dummied down, so we've been indoctrinated to an entitled mentality. And now the church is being dummied down to be indoctrinated into the emerging church mentality. Redefining Christianity, redefining our Christian, redefining the nature of the church, redefining the purpose of the church. Whoa, a new vocabulary. There is such corruption and confusion in our day about the church, pastors, and Christianity. It must grieve God tremendously. Today, our society accepts so many unnatural and sinful relationships as if they are normal and natural. 
parents accepting their sons and their daughters to come home and put their sign outside their bedroom door and go in and have sex with their boyfriend and girlfriend. It doesn't bother them. Hmm. Christians are married and divorced two or three or four times just like the world. And they say they're Christians just like the world. What is wrong with us? 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 through 10, Paul declares what biblical transformation does to pagans like you and I used to be. Listen carefully. For they themselves, meaning the Thessalonians, declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. They repented from their idols. They embraced the word of God. They accepted the word of God as the word of God, not as the word of man. And they were being transformed and they were waiting for Jesus to return from heaven that was going to deliver them from the wrath to come. Is that your hope? If it isn't, you're lost. If you're playing religion, you're deceiving yourself. If you're not being transformed from day to day, you're playing church. Our society today is much like the time of the judges. There is no evil called out today. Nothing is, is shocking. Everything's accepted as normal. Adultery is called an affair, nice and sanitized. Fornication is said to be a normal drive. Hey, you know, we, God gave it to us, so we, it's just, you know, it's like playing basketball. Really? Wow. Listen to Ephesians 5, 1 through 6. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in agape love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be named among you as it is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. The question is, are you the church of Jesus Christ? Or are you a tear? Your life is going to show exactly who you are. Time is the test of all things. The Christian community is no different today. There are ministers who fall into adultery and they still want to be qualified to be ministers as pastor teachers. Really? Haven't you read the qualifications in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus 1? Haven't you not read the Gospels? Have you not read your Bible? God's not the author of confusion. Listen to 1 John 3, 1 through 4. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself, even as he, Jesus Christ, is pure. We're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about sin. We're talking about being transformed from day to day, from glory to glory, abiding in Christ Jesus, living not the word of God. Asking God forgiveness to get right as you are on the straight and narrow. But if you're on the broad way, you're on your way to hell. The straight and narrow, you must agonize to enter. And Jesus said, few there be that find it. Very, very clear.
Pastor Xavier Reese and a call away from corruption and toward the way of the God of grace and true freedom. Now, you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And we've had to break only partway through this study. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in next time for the conclusion, as always, you can pick up your own personal copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply, Immorality Equates a Dangerous Society. It's available on CD for just $4. That title, once again, is Immorality Equates a Dangerous Society. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 